0: Hello and welcome. You are listening to Teachers Unmuted with Sojo Vergis, a Desi podcast by an Indian teacher on schooling and parenting across the subcontinent. Here in the second episode of Teachers Unmuted with Sojo Vergis today, I am exploring the idea of being a school teacher in India in an attempt to figure out what exactly is the makeup of the professional standing of an Indian school teacher. Stay tuned. Hello, I'm Sojo Vargas, your host on this fortnightly podcast on schooling and parenting made in India and made for India. At the outset, I must thank all of you who contributed to the first episode of Teachers Unmuted with Sojo Vargas to make it enlightening to listen to. We've got positive reviews from teachers and parents across the world as we discussed parenting and the pandemic. Also, my gratitude to all of you who listened to and shared the first episode. Thanks a lot for your support and encouragement. Yes, I went through all the mails and messages. Messages I have received from all of you awesome listeners telling me how you liked it and what to improve. I must tell you, your messages were really encouraging for a podcasting newbie like me. I know I do not have a mellifluous podcasty voice and I'm glad all of you focused on the content of Teachers Unmuted with Sojo Vergas instead of how my vocal cord sounds. I'm listening to you and some of you told me the first episode was a bit longer than you wanted it to be. Following your feedback, I'm keeping the second episode of Teachers Unmuted with Sojo Worker's shorter than the first one, though it meant that I could interview fewer educators than I did for the first episode. Hope this time you will get to listen to Teachers Unmuted with Sojo Worker's without taking too many breaks like last time. Stay tuned. (music) Teachers Unmuted with Sojo Vargas is a humble attempt by a simple Indian teacher to bring together the voice of teachers and parents across India about issues relevant to school education. And I'm really excited about bringing you the second episode of Teachers Unmuted with Sojo Vargas as today I'm going to explore a theme very close to my heart. Let me tell you how. You see, I'm an Indian teacher, an instructional coach, and a schooling researcher by profession. As an Indian teacher, I have taught in different states in India. As an instructional coach, I have trained and observed the classroom practice of more than 35,000 educators across the country so far. As a schooling researcher, I got lucky to see firsthand how teachers get to function in different kinds of schools across the country. Given these experiences, I feel a certain way about being a school teacher in India. I always wanted to know if other educators felt the same way. I see the second episode of Teachers Unmuted with Sojo Vargas as an awesome opportunity to explore a burning question in my head about being an Indian school teacher. Stay tuned. Way back in 2005, I dropped out of beard. I dropped out of beard after seven or eight months of ups and downs, laughter and tears, fun and boredom, unable to make sense of what I was doing with my time in college. You see, like many of my colleagues you're going to listen to during this episode of Teachers Unmuted with Sojo Vargas today, I always wanted to be a school teacher. I wanted to be a school teacher for two reasons. My reason number one, I love spending time with kids, getting down to their age level. My reason number two, I love to watch the smile of learning on your face when you finally figure out something about what you're trying to learn, with my help of course, when I'm working with you. Very early on, since I had tried my hand at one-on-one tutoring for my cousins, I was able to figure out how to make these smiles of learning possible when I work with individual kids, one-on-one. I knew that a good one-on-one conversation that involved a lot of play, plenty of questions, and keen listening is the best way to teach individual kids. But I did not know how to make these smiles of learning possible for a group of children. To take up teaching as a profession, I needed to learn how to make learning possible for individuals when they are with me in a group. To learn to teach children in groups instead of one-on-one, I joined a BEARD program in a leading teacher education college in India. Shockingly, I somehow did not find the BEARD curriculum those days capable of helping me learn the art and science of making learning possible for a group of children. Let me be very honest. BEARD did not really teach me how to make learning possible for a class of 40 to 50 students. I was learning more to comply with rules than innovate as a teacher. The only time I learned about teaching during my b was the time I went to a school for practice teaching. The rest of the time was spent on writing meaningless assignments that had no relevance to the process of learning how to teach. So soon after we were done with the practice classes, I dropped out of b and I joined a school as a postgraduate teacher, hoping that I would get to learn to be a teacher on the job. All this while, I was excited about the fact fact that I was finally getting one step closer to my dream of becoming an awesome school teacher like I always wanted to be. Then that shiny golden bubble burst. Being an Indian school teacher was not going to be as awesome a learning experience as I thought it would be. Why would I say that? That's exactly what I'm going to explore with my teacher friends today in the second episode of Teachers Unmuted with Sojo Vargas. The burning question I am asking today is this. What exactly is the makeup of the professional standing of an Indian school teacher? Stay tuned. In India, Take the most important decision about our career as we complete senior secondary school and put our finger on the subjects we want to graduate in. Back in 1995, as I completed my senior secondary school certificate program or pre-university certificate program as we used to call it those days, I had two career options to choose from. I could join the Bachelor of Computer Applications program, famously known as BCA, and go on to become a software developer. Or I could join a Bachelor of Arts program to study history, sociology, and English literature, which would later allow me to do BA to fulfill my dream of becoming a school teacher. Everyone in my circle who I spoke to advised me to sign up for the BCA program instead of the BA program. That was the smartest thing one could do those days, as software development was the sunrise industry then. You could make a truckload of money developing software. It was a bad idea to become a school teacher, I was told. It would neither get me the kind of money I would need for a better and brighter future, nor put me in a position. Position where I get the kind of respect I deserve as a professional. Apparently, being a school teacher was not a profession that people looked up to like they would look up to a doctor or an advocate or a software developer. Close friends, relatives and well-wishers were worried that I would make a utopia-driven career choice which might cost me dearly in the future with no money and no professional status. School teaching had no future according to many of them and the pressure was mounting. Would I make a smart career choice and enroll in the BCA program or would I, as usual, driven by ideals, opt for a BA program and eventually become a school teacher. It seemed that becoming a school teacher did not figure in the list of smart career choices. Am I the only one who was once told that becoming a school teacher was a bad idea? I asked Pranay Paramkusam, a networking engineer who left his highly promising job in the US and came back to India to become a school teacher. Pranay is an awesome math teacher who makes learning about numbers a lot of fun. He seeks out math teachers from across the world to learn how they teach math and puts what he learns into practice in Indian classroom. What was Pranay's experience after he came back from the US to follow his calling of teaching children as a school teacher? He feels parental expectations about how teachers must teach and how society views teachers in India come together to make an Indian teacher.
1: So actually, see, uh, when I when I did my bachelor's here, B.Tech here as an engineer, so it was like it was not uh, so call, what you call open or like open to questions or open so we used to just like uh, used to f- work for our exams it's all more of like uh, competitive like only like we need to learn for the next exam we need to go for the next exams we need to go for the placement something like that and when I went to US it was like completely different it was not like uh, we need to study for the exams or before ex- it, it's a process it's a journey like you need to you need to have a very deeper understanding Of concepts, then only you can you can attempt those exams. It's not like then I completely had a a different picture of uh, okay, this learning is different. Learning is completely different what I thought in US and what I thought in my bachelor's. So that 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 has started. That was a spark where I started thinking about it. So when I came here, I tried to like uh, like when I came here, I was not a traditional teacher. I didn't start directly as a teacher. So I was a tutor. So I I have my own uh, this thing. I used to teach. Teach like students whenever like in the evenings and in the morning. So when I started teaching them, my 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 principles were like related to that which I learned recently from U.S. or this thing. Where I just wanted to understand them the concept. They go, they apply. It's not like I spoon feed them how to do how the things are. So it was very challenging for me. Even like parents were like completely uh, they were like, oh, okay, what are you teaching? What are you trying to teach our kids? It was not like this. We used usually like you use question and answers, you need to teach it in this way because we if my child child learns question answers then he can attempt that so I got a lot of uh, feedbacks from teachers and from parents and they were like uh, okay no this is not the way this is not the way you should teach they are paying you or something like that but I tried to explain like maybe out of 10 only 2 people would understand or 3 people would understand the others they just want in the regular school teaching so what I really felt is like few uh, are changing few parents are like uh, what I felt from further system is really it was challenging for me when I started teaching in. A school as a traditional like a complete uh, this thing so like when I teach in the school I felt like it's not only like our uh, system and it, it's also it's also depends upon the parents so what they want so it's like so like completely in our minds like uh, what especially like what I've seen in Hyderabad and my schools there so it's like very competitive oh that child has got many and my, my child uh, this thing something like comparison or this thing but what your child has really learned is not in there, so I have. Many, I've told many times, like this is what uh, you need to check, and this is what, and it should come. It should not only come through the the what you call the quality of the syllabus or this thing. It should even come from the parents. Is what I really felt. So yeah. So as you said, like uh, like I when I decided, like uh, I left the job and when I came back here, like still uh, it, it starts from the home. Actually, it starts from the home. So my parents were like, you just continue in your engineering you had a network engineer it's a very unique uh, side where you don't have much uh, position you can easily get job here or something like that my father was like completely not into teaching he doesn't like me to teach he feels like I don't I cannot I cannot say my colleagues that you are a teacher now. So that started from my home itself. That was one great, one big challenge where I stood up for that thing and I fought with him and I still like out of my interest I tried to go there. So that's one challenge. And when I started teaching and when I seen here like it's completely different here. What I felt is like uh, when I trying to teach I was like very open. I was like I, I'm like new. I was a learner here. So everything was new for me and I was ready to accept the things. But it was in not a right direction for me to accept the things. I was not like, uh, okay, I'm okay. I'm like, okay, whatever my seniors, my senior teachers are saying, yes, okay, they're saying this thing. But they are themselves, they themselves have seen so many things and they self like, you need to you know, adapt these things or these other things just like this. So, out of nowhere, like, suddenly some uh, head of the department comes to us, yells at us, something like that happens, which was like, very, it's different for, for me. Because, like like, in in US, suppose just I'm just uh, like I don't want to compare. But in US, suppose in we are a batch of thirty students. Like even like twenty five students of them of us didn't even like could go have a good score or even failed or something like that. There is nothing said to the professor because it's on the student. Like what's the student does. Professor does his job there, and it's not only the professor, it's student. It's both the relations how the things are, and uh, that is how. Like here it's not like that. Here it's like very like, competitive. We are in some race or something like that. I faced that. I and uh, then I questioned myself, did I really choose the uh, correct uh, field or did I really like, uh, I left everything and I choose in teaching and what I'm like really facing is it like, Uh, uh, worthy or something like that so yeah so after that like I have joined uh, IAS which is a sports institute so here like I started getting that freedom I started getting that uh, this thing so which little helped me to motivate more now like okay I still like things are few things are given back to me My freedom is given back. My uh, way of teachings are given back to me. So that helped me.
0: Pranay was finally able to find a school that gives him the professional freedom to learn, experiment and grow as a teacher. Of course, there are schools like the one that Pranay works in in India that value its teachers for their work. However, not all schools are like the one that Pranay works in. If you look closer, more than 70% of our schools do not value its teachers and treat them as people who are hired to follow all Orders without asking questions. I spoke to Rekha Kumar, a dental surgeon who realized very early on in her career as a doctor that her calling was to become a school teacher. She became a school teacher and a teacher educator to help underprivileged children overcome the societal constraints that prevented them from thriving in the society. Rekha comes with the experience of working as a school leader as well. During our conversation, Rekha pointed at how our schools are systematically working towards developing an unprecedented professionally silent breed of school teachers for a long
2: time schools are very very hierarchical i mean it is so deeply ingrained and it starts from the top i mean even nobody i mean i tried for one month trying to tell people please call me they would not i had to accept it'll be bad then even worse it was reverend reka you know i said no chance and respected you know you're not we are all colleagues. Okay, I just have a different job or a responsibility that I am not here to look down on you. But they, you know, and it took them a while. And then I been in a meeting, you know, I am. If you look at there were three, four meetings happening. Me. When I was in the meeting, we were all sitting in a circle and talking. I don't talk. I get people to talk. But when you look at the whole staff meeting everywhere else, everybody sits and then this uh, the coordinator or the principal comes and stands and talks. He can say what to not even why teacher would open their mouth and then I said I am not doing it and so they would speak up so what happened then it became a problem they said it is because of your attitude. Middle school teachers speak so much. I said exactly. I want them to speak. No, you know they are they are too much. They don't. Do. I said you know the whole school, the best teachers are middle school because they will speak up. When they speak up in the staff meeting, they will allow the children to speak up in the classroom. You know, if you give them the authority, they will give authority to the children. It all comes down. But if if the teachers stand up for me, they will expect the students to stand up for them. I don't want that. So it is like how I am treated, I will treat you. And it became a such a big problem and that is why I had to leave. I said, I am not doing it. I mean this is not for me. And you and and so they were such wonderful teachers, so Joe, I am telling you some of the classes they've done. Some of them have not even taken class, what classes they were taking, you know, how the children were answering. Some of them were pressured, hey, you do what you like, do it. I never, you know, because I say you have to do what you want, you know, it's okay if it doesn't matter. And all they need is that little bit of help, little bit of push, and they will do it. So, but then people have problems with that because you know they want everybody, and your teachers do don't stand up when I come. Do you know? Well, I don't want them to stand up. Why? You know, so now you understand that and that's exactly the problem.
0: <laughs> Most of our schools promote a feudal makeup where teachers are expected to remain silent and follow orders. To ensure that they hire only teachers who blindly follow orders, we try to destroy the professional standing of school teachers right from the point of recruitment. I spoke to Amiya Bahra, a blockchain expert, a software developer and a private tutor. Amiya is someone who opted to be a tutor rather than a school teacher to follow his passion for teaching as he found working in a school too restricting for his taste. Amir is currently working on a software program that could democratize and decentralize how we teach online. Amir is an expert in assessment as well. Amir pointed at how the school education system keeps away many passionate teachers at the point of recruitment. Uh,
3: But, uh, yeah, means improvement should be there uh, Means uh, how teachers I important é- for example why we need a BA uh, degree for uh, becoming a teacher we can make it just an open market means uh, free market where uh, life scientist economist computer engineer anyone can jo- join the teaching anyone can go uh, teach for six months and again uh, join their profession specialization is required but mm. uh, anyone any of the specialist subjects uh, any of the uh, anyone who has done the specialization can become a teacher so no. the curriculum should be more diverse okay. it should not be uh, fixed-minded um, like only NCIT will be taught. Means uh, I teach uh, means research-oriented books like Campbell Biology or. Uh, uh Nibhaldar Tros of Chemistry. Okay, this is oriented or pedagogy uh, pedagogical sound books But uh, but students get hesitated when I teach them means, uh, scientific inquiry questions. Because that questions will not come in the exam. So they don't uh, find it meaningful
0: meaningful for them. Would the professional standing of Indian school teachers change if he keep school teaching and open for all profession? I spoke to Amarendra Sharma about this. Amarendra Sharma is a linguistics expert and a retired university. University professor who comes with 40 years of experience as a teacher, both in India and abroad. He had taught in leading universities in the US and the UK as much as he had taught in India. Dr. Sharma pointed at the way we have managed to make much of the school teacher hiring system in India capable of hiring as less academically oriented school teachers as possible.
4: You see, we went wrong because for 10 years, right or so, right, if you come to the recent 10 years of 10 years right the government appointed teachers right in thousands and thousands right <clears throat> without having have any set parameters in their own mind suppose right there's an advertisement for right the teacher now right if you are going to appoint teachers you have to have you have to follow some processes right the primary screening of the applications right then there has to be a test now if you are going to appoint teachers right simply on the basis of matriculation right result or simply on the basis of their training certificate then what happens they have they have undergone that kind of training 10 years ago 15 years ago and they decided to become housewife or they decided not to do anything in their life, now suddenly they find an advertisement, they put in applications, they go ahead and they are selected. Now they are not ready for teaching, right? <clears throat> they never they never decided to be a teacher. So they have come to teaching just by fluke, just by because the government had a policy at a certain point of time. And that is why they are teachers. And if you are going to get a majority of them, right, in this way, then you can imagine the only, right, God can save us. Right and God can save right our students in private school system. You have got different kind of problem. The problem is that if the management is private, they want to earn right as much as possible without spending right any sizable sum of money. So if you come to my own city, they are not ready to pay right more than five thousand or ten thousand. Now imagine right ten thousand. I'm I'm giving you the upper limit in most of the private schools. Most of the so-called right no, the schools of repute, right manage, management there, they are not ready to spare more than 10,000 rupees. Most of them are willing to spend 5,000 rupees. So normally for 5,000 rupees or 6,000 or 10,000 rupees, you are not going to get meritorious teachers. Now, if someone has got the merit, someone has got the ability, they are going to move to Bangalore or Delhi or Pune or right any big city city, but they are not going to stay in the small city. So the quality of the teacher is again, right, uh, not much better. We
0: seem to be trying to cut the professional standing of our school teachers to size, hiring them based on a certificate or paying them as little as possible for us. How does this affect the professional standing of teachers? I asked Chakrapani Krishnadas about. Chakrapani is an expert in Sanskrit, engineering and mathematics. He is one of the very few young school teachers I have met who follows his calling as a researcher and a school teacher with a lot of enthusiasm, thoughtfulness and commitment. Chakrapani explained to me why salary has become a crucial factor in deciding the professional standing of an Indian school teacher. Uh,
5: Just going one or two generations back. Uh, For example, my grandparent generation or even my parent generation. If you go back and see... There were teachers okay, yeah, they also did not get paid heavily, but uh, they were role models, they were real role models, and uh, they were quite uh, you know satisfied with the work, okay. Of course, they they were sort of lived in a poverty, we can say, okay? in the sense compared to other professions, but still, they had that kind of respect to their profession, and because of uh, the self esteem what they carry, uh, even the students, uh, even today, if you if you speak to people of our parent generation, they will remember their teachers very fondly. So, I have to, talked to many people, uh. Uh, of my parent generation, who, who, uh, yeah, who so much, uh, you know, with appreciation, they even remember their primary school teachers. Yeah, they remember it even today with uh, so much fondness. And yeah, uh, so I hope you're getting what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So those yeah. kind of people were there in the profession. Uh, yeah, maybe money was not their motive. As a result, mm-hmm. they had certain values uh, which they carried and that inspired people uh, for many Okay, It happened. Mm-hmm. But over a period of time, we saw that uh, uh, money became, became a greater need a greater need to run the family so if somebody was uh, uh, capable talented right still he chose to be a teacher then unfortunately he was not I mean, he could not get good amount of remuneration being a teacher and as a result uh uh, leading life, especially in cities like Bangalore and any metropolitan city uh, becomes exceedingly difficult. So as a result, naturally the talented people uh, those who have talent and uh, those who have their kind of special values, so they may uh, they, unfortunately, for example they did not inspire their own children to continue their profession like being teachers in the future. So that we for example, I, I have seen uh, you know, families where they say that you don't become farmer because farming is not going to give you good returns. right? You might have heard this also from many farmers so you can see that uh, our current generation people they are not taking to farming and i mean that's a trend which may change in the future but what i am trying to say is that so like this uh, they discourage their next generation to take up that kind of profession unfortunately so one of the primary reasons for that is Uh, the monetary returns what they get,
0: right? Uh, It is really not uh, sufficient, especially when it goes to private schools. The best among us do not opt to be school teachers as we know that school teachers do not make much financially. And then, there are some among the best that decide they want to teach in a school in spite of the public perception that school teachers are not paid well in our country and as a result do not enjoy a professional standing equal to their counterparts in the universities. What happens to those those among us who are aware of this problem with the professional standing of school teachers and still decide to teach in schools. I asked Revati Gurumurthy. Revati comes with more than 20 years of experience working in leading schools across the country. Like many of us, she was advised once to become an engineer as she loves physics. But Revati, against all odds, decided to become a school teacher as she wanted to pass on her expertise in physics to the next generation. Revati is one of the very few physics teachers in India that I know personally who works on implementing maker space in the classroom. Revati pointed me towards a major distraction that keeps Indian school teachers take their eyes off their primary responsibility, which is teaching.
6: Uh, uh, At times, it gets uh, private schools, uh, it becomes very demanding. Demanding is uh, you thrust a lot of uh, administrative and secondary duties on the teacher uh, more than uh, looking at what she has to, you know, grow, how she has to grow in terms of, uh, you know, academic uh, growth. And so uh, many a times it happens that uh, teachers are underprepared for the class rather than, you know, they're having more time for that, they are involved in other things like, you know, fee collections, maintaining records, writing attendance registers and things like that. So I think that probably sometimes could be a problem with teachers. Uh in the you know the uh, in the private uh, the thing and also If you want to highlight the school, then the management, uh, you know, poses certain events. This has to be conducted in this way, practice for this event, and things like that. So, it takes away a lot of the time. It is there in government sectors. In fact, I will not deny that it is uh, not there in Kendra Vidaras. It is much more there in Kendra Vidaras because teachers have to go for election duties also. Because the government thinks that, you know, uh, they are uh, just owning them. You know, sending teachers for election duties does not make sense, right? Why? So, uh, I I know I can understand understand it is much more in the government sector but it is equally uh, there in private schools also you know I would always say this that you have a very nice policy coming up the national education policy, which is coming up in place, okay, which is going to be, you know, uh, scheduled probably in another two or three years, okay, but if you keep involving teachers in these kind of secondary duties, where is the time for the teacher to grow and to reach out and to, you know, build her uh, strengths there is no uh, there is no time for that right so uh, yeah, this is what that is why i think the entire teaching profession is taking a back seat you know people don't want to come to the teaching profession because of these kind of hurdles
0: teaching takes a back seat for most school teachers in india school teachers are expected to spend their time on everything else except teaching imagine hiring doctors and asking them to do everything else except equipping themselves to treat their patient and most of our school teachers are trained to give up on their primary responsibility Right from day one. How does this affect teachers in the long run? I asked Sajit Matthews, a language researcher and a professor who has worked with high end educational organizations in India like the IAMS, Sajit is currently involved in a research project on understanding assessment in the context of language testing. Sajit showed me how school teachers give up as the system tries to pull
7: them down. And it's in schools, probably it's because of the, the system itself. Uh, in schools, we don't look at teachers as guides or gurus. In school, it is mostly, you know, uh, testing, you know, uh, teaching is geared towards testing. It's, it's, in short, it is kind of coaching. Teachers coach the students so that they can score better in their examination Um, and there is uh, not much scope for guidance or uh, identifying what you want to become or identifying what you really are or what you really want to do that kind of an aspect is missing in schools I feel even today because I, I find my nephews and nieces uh, they go through the school system just like I did and they have no idea of what they want to do uh, what their uh, primary talents are or primary desire is and then what to do in life that they come out of the school system without a realization of that kind mm-hmm. I'm also I was also like that but when mm-hmm. I went to the uh, university not not even college now, affiliated colleges also have this problem teachers mm. um, uh, mostly their scope is limited probably um, and their exposure is limited uh, probably but when you come to universities with big scope uh, bigger on a bigger canvas they are exposed to uh, not only the national uh, opportunities but also international opportunities personalities uh, ideas etc uh, because of that their horizon is more you know is wider than the affiliated college teachers or uh, school teachers and that I think make, makes a difference. Mm-hmm. They are able to you know show us okay point us to you know, farther areas, farther uh, you know fields where we can work. but uh, since teachers in the affiliated colleges or schools themselves do not have that exposure they cannot show us you know this is one thing about teachers you know you cannot give what you do not have. I think mother Teresa said that so only when you have it you can give that vision. Uh, broadness of mind and uh, depth and width of knowledge and experience that I somehow is an experienced that it is more with university teachers. Um, I have read in one of the books of uh, Kumara Vadivelu. Uh, he says that there is this gap between researchers and teachers, practitioners and researchers. Um, I think it's a serious issue to be addressed uh, you know uh, the new knowledge that is generated uh, generally uh, generally in any field mostly comes from research and research um, happens based on what is happening in the field but if the researchers are disconnected from uh, the field itself then the research and the outcome of the research is hollow it's meaningless maybe the problem is with the policy itself um, also our system sees research as something very you know uh, systematic and something that can be done only with a lot of funds um, no it's it's a different ball game that's what how we see it but in fact research is that uh, research is something that every teacher does in every class hour you know the assumptions that they make based on uh, kind of learning that happens any teacher with awareness makes such a you know assessments in class and that is research And based on whatever insights they derive from their class, if they note it down and then work on their methodologies, uh, tactics to be used in the class, strategies used in the class, then that is the research outcome. Uh, Only thing is, teachers' research generally, in 99% of teachers' research is not documented. Uh, uh, That is why uh, mostly there is a... I believe that there's, this is the reason why there is a gap.
0: We need to support our school teachers to move beyond their current role of babysitters, event managers and clerks if we are serious about school education. School teachers need exposure to widen their horizon of work and look at themselves as researchers and practitioners rolled into one. School teachers can be superhumans and do everything that you expect them to do in a school. But we cannot hire superhumans to do tasks that do not require any serious thinking, can we? The point is, against all odds, school teachers are still surviving and trying to do their best to prepare the kids that we put under their care, very often without any complaint. Our students are living testimonies for the effort that school teachers take both inside and outside the classroom, working against a system that is constantly and consistently trying to cut them down to size. But is it true that school teachers make nothing? I asked Charitra SG how she compares the impact of school teachers and college teachers on her as an individual. Charitra is a highly driven teacher and researcher. She showed me how she looks up to her school teachers as much as she looks up to her college teachers, though she knows that the system works against a school teacher.
8: Well, of course, on a general note, as you uh, just pointed out rightly, somewhere or the other, when we compare, you know, uh, the college and the school teachers, well, of course, uh, you know, uh, on a normal note, they say that the school teacher, you know, uh, it's like whenever you say working in a school, oh, school, there is, you know, a, an intonation and a different pattern that comes in. But I feel, you know, both of them are equally, uh, you know, equally talented in their own way. Uh, you know, it's like for a college teacher, it's like, you know, uh, for somebody who teachers in a college you get a, a product or if i have to put a put, put a student as a product you know you get somebody who is able to think in his or her own terms and then you have to mould it further but for a school teacher the challenges are much more i think because they are the ones who initially shape that you know individual uh they have a lot of a lot of hard work goes in there uh, you know because for i i see the job of a school teacher is much more difficult than of a college uh, you know a professor or Somebody, Because, you know, teaching somebody uh, the very basics, you know, right from uh, the very idea that they form about the world is something that is given from the schools. And uh, this is where I feel that the job of a school teacher is much more difficult as compared to somebody who is in a college or in a fancy university as such. But uh, to answer to your question on uh, what is my take personally uh, as to who inspires me, you know, in, in a much more greater manner, I have had my inspiration from both the levels, right from my school days. Uh, till date, I, I remember the teacher who taught me, you know, uh, in my pre cages the one uh, who, in fact, you know, was, was somebody who kind of molded or, you know, gave me a kind of a worldview. And uh, right from then on, I've had good amount of teachers. But then uh, during my high school days, well, I met some wonderful, wonderful people. I mean they were not just I think merely calling them as teachers whom I met just during my class hours would be a very wrong statement they were the ones who in fact gave me a lot of confidence they in fact built me as an as an individual and the ones I met during my college days my teachers well of course uh, they were they they in in fact had a greater amount of impact on me or maybe because you know that was a time when I was emerging as an individual so uh, in in terms of molding me my school teachers have played a major role uh, but in terms of you know making me as an individual uh, well my college teachers you know take all the credit in that regard Emma, because I, I have uh, to be very frank I've had really wonderful teachers who have contributed Uh, A lot in terms of, you know, uh, if today I can sit here and talk very confidently and say that, you know, teachers are everything. I think all the credit must go to those teachers who taught me during my uh, growing up. Um, You know, uh, in Oxford, they usually call these professors as dons. You know, a student visits a don after many years and uh, the student is well established in the society he runs uh, you know uh, has is one of the super human or you know super well established individual comes back to this dawn and says see professor you taught me and here I'm at the top of the world and uh, you're just sitting you know in this small cabin you know with still teaching those students and uh, being unknown to the world and that's where the dawn replies to him I am the civilization on which you stand I think that's what I feel you know, is the job of a teacher, ultimately. Let's
0: always keep in mind that teachers are the civilizations on which all of us stand. As I am wrapping up the second episode of Teachers Unmuted with Sojo Sojovagus today, I have a question for all of you. What would you do to bring the pride of being a teacher back among our school teachers? What would you do to make sure that our school teachers think, act and feel like teachers and not glorified babysitters, even managers or clerks? Remember, teachers are the civilizations on which we stand. That's all for today from the desk of Teachers Unmuted with Sojo Vargas. Until I see you again after two weeks, stay safe and take care. Meanwhile, please feel free to let me know your comments about this episode of Teachers Unmuted with Sojo Vargas on my website online. Also, if you're listening to Teachers Unmuted with Sojo Vargas on any of the podcast players like Spotify, iTunes or Google Podcasts, please do not forget to subscribe so that you do not miss the next episode. We have amazing discussions coming up. In case you would like me to go insert of the answer to one of your questions on schooling and parenting in one of the upcoming episodes of Teachers Unmuted with Sojo Vargas, please feel free to contact me through my website again, sojovargas.online and let me know. Until then, thanks for tuning in and listening to Teachers Unmuted with Sojo Vargas. I'm signing off for now. See you. Angora Imparo.